both physically as well as mentally, my stress started to reduce a little bit more and I started to feel like I had more energy. And I think that was really the turning point that I started to consider what else am I doing that could be affecting me? You know, like what's the food doing to my body? Things that I really had never considered before. Um, so yeah, I would say it was that first trip to India that really started my brain thinking about all of these things. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you'll see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels. And if you're listening to this on the day of release or soon after, then Merry freaking Christmas. It's December 2020. And yeah, I mean, this Christmas is a bit different for me as for pretty much everyone living on planet Earth, I should say. (laughs) But if you're new around here, if you didn't know, I recently moved to Austin, Texas, and I'm previously an East Coast gal. So I'm used to frigid temps and snow for Christmas, and this year, I mean, as I'm recording this, a couple days before Christmas, it is 75, sunny, a bit breezy, and absolutely beautiful out. Granted, I do miss the snow for the nostalgia factor. It does not feel like Christmas at all here, Um, but, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I'm really digging the sunshine and being able to walk my dog without freezing my fingers and my toes and every part of my body off if you know what I mean. (laughs) Um, But either way, I mean, Christmas, like, what a concept, what a time of year. I think it's a day that should be celebrated more often, so maybe like a week or a month of Christmas celebration. Um, If you support this, please let me know, and maybe we can, like, run a bill by Congress. No, I kid, I kid. But anyway, I really do love Christmas, and I'm sure many of you do as well, so this year has been definitely tricky to say the least. I'm sure many of you are in similar situations where you're not getting to see loved ones or your plans are up changed or maybe you're really struggling. However it is, know that I'm here for you. <laughs> I feel for you uh, and hopefully we can all get through this together. Um, now since I can't personally deliver gifts to all of you wonderful humans that listen and support this show, although I would love to, I do have some sort of a little gift that I could give you right here right now. And that is the gift of discounts on vegan ice cream. Yes, you heard that right. If you know me and if you know the show, you know I love my ice cream. I do not love dairy as dairy does not love me back. And so I always have to stick with like the vegan dairy-free versions. However, I'm very particular when it comes to the texture and the flavor of the ice cream. You all know I love a few brands out there and a recent one that I've just absolutely been in love with is Sacred Serve, and we have the owner of it, Kaylee, on the podcast today to discuss so much goodness, but before I get into that, I wanted to share that she has been so generous to grant you all, as part of the Let's Dive community, a discount code for 25% off your order. That is all the more reason to go and buy yourself ice cream. We all need ice cream, right? So use the code LETSTHRIVE25 for 25% off your order. Go to their website at sacredserve.com, select your flavors, put in the discount code, and Merry Christmas from me to you, and Merry Christmas to yourself as well. My personal favorites are the chocolate and the mint. 
But hey, you do you, find the flavor that works for your taste buds and you'll be set. You know what I mean? <laughs> Enough of the ice cream nonsense though. Today's guest, Kaylee, she is so much more than just this amazing gelato ice cream that she makes. She is also just such a health warrior herself. And as you all know, if you followed my journey, I've had quite the health history, health journey, as I'm sure many of you have at this point. We pretty much all have, so let's just come to that conclusion. <laughs> but in this episode, we discuss Kaylee's rather unique journey. I mean, all of our journeys are unique in that sense, but hers really captivated my attention because there's just like so many moving parts to it. It's the common tale that so many of us have dealt with or heard about where it's, we have all these symptoms and these issues happening to our body, but the doctors just wouldn't believe her. They wouldn't listen. Um, they told her, you know, just take these pills, just do this, and it'll all be better. And lo and behold, none of that worked. Um, nobody ever took her seriously enough, and she just continued to struggle and really suffer, you know, in her own life, which none of us deserve. And so she took everything into her own hands. She found that power within, and she set off on her own journey um, of self-discovery, of, self of health, of wellness, and it's really quite interesting. We discuss, you know, how she went to India and Bali and did all of these amazing things outside of like her usual comfort zone that helped her find her own way to health and wellness and feeling good. And so in this, we discuss the power of food and lifestyle and healing, um, different modalities that helped her to better come into her body and into her wellness why health looks different for everyone and how some of the things that Kaylee did would not work for me and vice versa. And in this, why small steps can be better than these huge steps, right? So something we discuss is how five minutes of mindful movement is better than one hour of like mindless cardio or insert whatever form of movement, right? Um, they're just like about these small steps that can make lasting change versus like going all in all or all nothing right like that extreme mindset that so many of us I say us because I know you all listening are in similar places of me of we're extremists we're type a whatever it is like it's so easy for us to fall into that mindset um and then you know in that we do discuss as conclusion how all of that how Kaylee's entire own journey and discovery and all of that led her to create sacred serve which is this delicious plant-based gelato that is just oh like I love the texture of it I love the flavor of it I just love like the packaging literally everything about it I could go on and on and I kind of do in this um, episode what's neat about sacred serve and as you'll hear us discuss in the episode is that it's made from young coconut meat and then they add in all these natural real food ingredients to flavor and to give it also like added benefits that you won't even realize, right? So for instance, something like adding matcha, which is high in antioxidants, adding chaga mushroom, which is, you know, rich in a variety of vitamins and minerals and nutrients, um, adding raw cacao versus refined, adding maca, rose water, cinnamon, like all these different little aspects that help flavor it, help give it this unique, just like overall deliciousness while also benefiting your body. So it's like a two for one special, you know what I mean? So you can go on their website at sacredserve.com, select your flavors. They're sustainable. They're plant-based, cold-crafted. They're just amazing overall. You can use that code Let's Thrive 25 save yourself some money, get yourself some ice cream, and while you're enjoying it, I want you to think of me. Actually, don't. Take this moment for yourself. Enjoy the ice cream fully present and do not think of me. That's just a little weird. 
However, I really hope you enjoy it. I really hope you give it a go. And if you resonate with this episode, you can connect with Kaylee on, I mean, honestly, go to their site, maybe email them, or you can go to their Instagram at secretserve, connect there via DM. Either way, I would love to discuss this episode with you as well. If you've had your own health journey, if you have questions, thoughts, whatever it is, let's discuss, let's connect. You can find me on Instagram at Emily Feichels, and that's about it. <laughs> wow, I'm really bad at closing these intros. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you know what? Overall, I appreciate you all. Merry Christmas, Merry Belated Christmas, whatever it is, make yourself happy. And without further ado, let's begin. And, you know, we were just speaking about Thanksgiving and how it was sort of nice to be low-key this year, and you mentioned you were just with your boyfriend. And so to start things out, before we dive into your, like, massive health history and everything we're going to chat about today, I'm just curious, like, when it comes to relationships and, you know, meeting new people, letting them into their, your life, did you have to do that while you were facing these health issues? Or was that something that came afterwards? Because I'm just curious, you know, for so many of us, it's hard whether it's like, you know, there's all kinds of health issues we could have ranging from gut to hormone to, you know, serious diagnoses, whatever it is. And it can be so challenging, I think, to let people in to kind of show that side to yourself. And I don't know, I think there's a lot of emotions that can go into that. So I just wanted your insight, your input, if that was something that came up for you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. It's a very personal kind of intimate journey when you have all of these health issues. Um, for me, I think I went through a cycle when I was 25 where I did a lot of figuring things out and I was um, not in a relationship at that time. So I think I kind of went through everything on my own. And then more recently, um, I kind of found myself experiencing a lot of burnout symptoms and have gone through kind of like a second awakening when it comes to my health. Um, and so I've had a partner now for the last couple of years. And so he's been very supportive in that journey and kind of the understanding of it. But it's really, um, yeah, it's something sensitive for sure to, to share that all with a partner and kind of everything that comes along with that. And I think it takes a lot of grace. And I know that sometimes I'll be hard on myself because I feel like my health issues are kind of holding our partnership back where we can't really do some of the things we want to do or go out to eat at certain places. Um, but I think, you know, he's been a great support. So I felt comfortable sharing more of that journey. Okay. And so say in one of those instances, because I'm relating to a lot of this, um, say in that instance, you know, it is a time where you feel like, oh, this is my fault that we can't go out to eat here or we're doing this. Like, how do you work through that emotion? Because, right, like we shouldn't feel like we're a burden or like we shouldn't have to feel insecure about prioritizing our health or literally doing these things to maintain any semblance of health. You know, when in reality, if we're, you know, if that person's supposed to be in our life, they'll be okay with it. So I guess just like when that did come up, how did you deal with those emotions? Was there anything you had to like tell yourself or remind yourself? Yeah, I would say one of the best things that I consistently remind myself of with any partnership and really in any realm of anything is that that other person is an adult and they make their own decisions. And so if someone is sticking with me in a partnership and we don't get to go out to dinners, you know, that's their decision. It's kind of their ability to weigh the pros and cons of what it's like to date me. Um, so I've just found a lot of comfort in that, really understanding that this other person 
um, is capable to make their own decisions. And if they're here, it's because they want to be here. And it's not all always on me to kind of manage everyone else. Okay. I, I like that. And it actually reminds me, a friend of mine was just telling me, you know, I'm sure many people do this as well, but I have the habit of, it's like you project words or thoughts into the mind of another, right? So it's like, oh, they're thinking this, they're going to say that, whatever it is. And in reality, like they might just not give like two fucks about it. They just might be like, okay, we can't go to that restaurant. Solid. Where do we go next? Like, it's just, yeah. Right. Like we just like over, we overthink things a lot, I think. (laughs) Um, So then that being said, besides relationships and all of that for anyone, I mean, I guess, you know, if people haven't really like followed your journey, which would be most people listening, <laughs> I'll scratch that part out. <laughs> no, leave it. My leave cat, it. <laughs> my cat jumped up. <laughs> I was like trying to make sure she didn't spill everything off my desk while trying to think of what I was saying. I'll probably leave this whole section in. Everyone needs a laugh. Um, <laughs> since none of us know your health history besides me after talking with you, um, I guess like let's just rewind the clock a bit and go back to the beginning of it all. Like, when did you first start to pick up that something wasn't right? Um, and let's just sort of start from there. Yeah, so really it started pretty young for me. Um, growing up, I suffered really severe cases of both asthma and allergies. And every doctor and specialist I saw really just told me this is how I was born. And I would need to rely on medications for the rest of my life. And so I really didn't question that. I went 25 years with really just you know, steroid inhalers, allergy shots every week and struggling to play sports and things like that. Um, And so then when I was 25, I took my first sabbatical from work where I went to go live in India on an ashram to study yoga and meditation. And that was really the first step in my journey that really opened my eyes to this mind-body connection. And that by just moving my body, I was noticing a lot of changes going on, um, both physically as well as mentally. My stress started to reduce a little bit more and I started to feel like I had more energy. And I think that was really the turning point that I started to consider what else am I doing that could be affecting me? You know, like what's the food doing to my body? Things that I really had never considered before. Um, so yeah, I would say it was that first trip to India that really started my brain thinking about all of these things. And did you have any like fear? I mean, I'm just imagining myself trying to like go out to India and I'm just, I'm just like, it's not going to happen. Like I, I'm still working off the courage to like call and, you know, schedule my own doctor appointment. So how did you just like build up the courage or the mindset or just like the overall, like hell yeah mentality to just like up and go to India. Yeah, I would credit um, my friend at the time we were living together and she was someone that I went to college with and she was taking a big sabbatical. She was kind of doing like an around the world trip for a year or a little bit under that. And so part of her journey was to stop over in India and do this yoga teacher training. And so she reached out to me and just said, you know, I know that you're also really interested in yoga. Would you want to meet me at this, you know, junction of my journey? And so the second she said that to me, I was working a full-time job at the time. 
um, I just knew it was like this big download that this opportunity that's being presented to me right now, um, there's no way that I'll say no to this. So whether it means I have to quit my job or whatever I have to do, um, I will be there. So I kind of told her that, like, I will meet you there. I'll work out the rest and I'll let you know. Um, but I do think for sure having one friend to kind of embark on that journey with was really helpful the first time. I ended up going back a second time um, to kind of do the same thing. But that first time was huge to have a friend to kind of be able to, to do that journey with for sure. Yeah, I, I just only ask because I feel like with so many of us on these health journeys, when they start, when they reach that point where it's like, I don't even know what to do next, right? Like you've tried multiple things you just feel like you've hit a rock like a dead end sometimes it's these like crazy choices we make that lead us to the answer right like it's it's the new person we find and they lead us to the right doctor or it's the trip or you know it's the new job we take which gives us the time to pursue the yoga teacher training that leads to this like right like so many people i've talked to now on this podcast and for so many of us it's been these kind of like odd choices not necessarily big like going to India or not necessarily too small like just having a conversation just a combination of all sorts all spectrums of these decisions that it's just sort of like looking back it's like wow that was like an odd choice to make or that was a gutsy move to make and yet they lead us to like you know a, a new place so I just always love to highlight those and that's neat. We all need a friend that can get us up and go into India. I love that. <laughs> totally. And I think it's all just very synchronistic. And I agree, you know, if you're paying attention, I think these signs come in and out, the people come in and out. And I experienced a lot of that when I took my second trip, I went down to Bali, Indonesia on the back end and wound up doing a two week kind of raw food cleanse there. And the, the people that I met, you know, it's just, I had heard about this one nutrition program like three different times from some of the women that I was going on hikes with or just randomly met in cafes. And that ended up being a part of my journey later on. And I just think it's so special that you put yourself in these certain scenarios and then the people really do come. And if you're paying attention, you'll see, you hear the same thing a couple of times and you know, like that's something I need to pay attention to for real. Oh, oh yes. Yes. And anyone that's like, listened, I have a few solo episodes, like, similar things where things come up in conversation just like you don't even notice them at the time and then looking back like later when when it does happen you're like wow I was being guided <laughs> something was nudging me in this direction for sure exactly when I guess so so you went the first time you went back the second time like where are we in the timeline then of your journey and what was like the next big reveal or discovery or thing that sort of like set you on this path towards like future healing? Yeah. So going to India was kind of the first crack that I started to recognize, okay, there's this mind body connection and what's going on with my body and how can I move it differently and get different results. And then on that second trip, when I went down to Bali, that's really where the, the most potent sense of the healing came in, I would say, where um, I did this two-week raw food cleanse, so essentially just eating fresh fruits and vegetables. And within those two weeks, my body had completely healed itself of both asthma and allergies. And again, every doctor told me, you know, you were born with these conditions, you have to rely on medicine for the rest of your life. I even had surgeries on my throat and my nose to help myself breathe better. So it was really this 
profound experience to realize that for one, not only was I not born with these conditions, um, but rather it was the food I had been eating all along that was making me so sick. So foods like processed foods, dairy, sugars, refined oils, uh, essentially the standard American diet. So to realize that truly in two weeks without any medicine and nothing expensive, just simply by changing my diet, my body could heal itself uh, was something that I knew was so powerful. And again, the doctors didn't have this kind of information. So I felt like I could really go from this totally lost position to be very empowered to realize that like it is in my hands and I do have this ability to heal myself. And yeah, what an empowering feeling to have truly. Um, And, you know, on that note, I do want to say is that it is, it's crazy when you can have those experiences that just open your eyes, such as yours with that raw food one to just really show you like, wow, this is the power of food in my life. And I think what happens is that it's true, right? Like food is such an important factor in our life, but it also, it's not like the one defining characteristic. So it's, you know, what we see now with all of these health issues that we're all experiencing that we're not born with, right? Like we, we develop them over time. And what it is, is it's the combination of excess of, you know, the standard American diet of excess toxins, you know, in our house and the air we breathe and everything that surrounds us. It's the excess stress that we're all in the excess, you know, use of technology, like it's on and on. And it's like the lifestyle, the food, it's everything. And I mean, it's just, it's such a vast, you know, kind of like tangle of knots. And I think, you know, as part of anyone's healing journey, it's about like individually finding the things you can work on. So for you, that was like to switch up the way you ate because that was a direct factor. And for me, you know, it's like, I've definitely had my things with food. I've gone too far. I've done, you know, like the opposite, whatever it is, but it's like also about finding like the lifestyle things that are affecting us too. And so in that sense, like, did you have like the realization of what lifestyle factors were also impacting you. And I think you were kind of touching on this before too, but just to highlight those again, because it's like you found the food aspect of healing. So like, was there any other lifestyle ones that you then implemented to sort of help support that overall healing? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, to your point, definitely stress management. Stress is such a silent killer. And I think, um, you know, I'm a little bit more predisposed to having anxiety. And so that was something I didn't really realize that I was suffering from until I went through all of that yoga training and meditation practice, Um, really kind of getting the baseline going for that was such a big help. Um, And then of course, in our society, just everything is so fast paced and the glamorizing of busy that, you know, to take these months away from work, Um, let alone doing yoga and changing my diet. It was just kind of about the exploration and the ability to connect with people and to really slow down. Um, That made a huge difference for me as well. So it's very difficult to bring those practices back um, to a work-life balance here in America, but certainly I saw how big of an impact really that lifestyle change piece really had. Right. No, and it is true. Like you said, it's hard you know, I've had the privilege to go on, you know, three, four day retreats, you know, whatever it is, where you do get in that environment where it's just you and, you know, healing and whatever else is happening. Like, it's so peaceful. It's so nice. And, you know, it, it is a, 
it's a privilege in a sense. It's just like a immense opportunity. And it can be really hard to then like try to implement that back into our daily life. But I think like that is the key to it, right? Like finding those moments in between. Like, I don't know if, you know, nowadays, if you have meditation or yoga or like what your routine day-to-day schedule looks like. But I think like that's another thing that so many of us overlook is it's like, we don't have to have like all or nothing, right? Like we don't have to have a hundred percent quote unquote clean diet, or we don't have to like, we don't have to go off, you know, on like a long trip or like completely disconnect. Like if we can find the ways to implement that into our day-to-day life or every other day-to-day life, like I think that's where like the healing can also begin or it can become like maintenance in that sense. Um, I don't know. Right. It's just like kind of trying to find that individual balance, I suppose. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And one of the biggest things that I had to really get past was that all or nothing mentality that I think can be so damaging from a healing perspective, because I like to be a perfectionist, you know, I want workout to be this, this and this and this long, I really want to sweat and then that makes it worth it and all the things. But, you know, one of the biggest things I remember from one of my yoga teachers in India telling me was that it's far, far better to do five minutes of yoga every single day than it is to do an hour long practice every three days. And so just kind of with that mentality, it's still something that's difficult for me to practice, but um, I do try and incorporate that as much as possible. Oh, I love that idea actually. And, oh, hold on. I'm gonna quit talking for five seconds. The train's going by. (laughs) City life. But no, I I really love that practice and that mentality, that mindset, because it is true. I mean, the same, like when I was trying to meditate more for me, it was like, I thought I had to have like a 10, 15 minute practice every single day. And now it's like, I'm lucky if I get a couple minutes where I can just like kind of slip into that silence, not really silence of meditation. And I found for me, like, that's what works best, right? Is finding like the small, like very micro moments in your days to like do three deep breaths or like moment of silence or gratitude or, um, or walk, you know, if you want movement or meal prep or whatever it is to do to support yourself in your healing journey. Like that's, I think a crucial mindset. So I love that you, you pointed that out. Um, you know, and then, so that being said, like, was there ever, were there any other like big moments or like revelations, discoveries along your healing journey, or was that sort of like where things, began and then ended. And since then, you've just been on like the more maintenance side of things. Yeah, I would say that that was really just the beginning of my healing journey. And I think one of the biggest things that hit me and why I became so passionate and ended up starting Sacred Serve is really just because I felt like the constructs that I was trying to work within were broken, right? Like our food system, the food being offered to consumers is broken. The medical system that goes hand in hand with that of just not treating the root cause, but just the symptoms. And so it's this vicious cycle. And then realizing that the doctors weren't even really educated in nutrition to even help at all was just so crazy to me that I felt like not only do I have work to do, but like our society has a lot of work to do. And how can I fit myself into this solution? Because it was kind of a fluke that I learned this about myself, really. And so with people that don't have the opportunity to travel or do this level of exploration, how are they ever going to know? And so that was, was something that definitely kept me up at night. But yeah, I would say it was, it was just the beginning of really tapping into all of this. 
No, I mean, that is, that is true. And I was talking with another, oh, with Emily from Little Bucks, um, how we connected. We were talking about something similar where, you know, when it comes to starting a product or just trying to make like an impact in these certain fields, it can be so hard when you realize like there's literally nothing to even start from. Like, how do you kind of get your way in there? And you brought up Sacred Serve, which is like you, like you, that is your product. That is your life. It's your creation. Like, I guess, you know, let's dive into that a bit and how that just became like such a passion for you because it really does like go hand in hand with your health journey and your healing journey. Um, it was like you seeing an issue and finding a part of a overall solution, like providing a, a sort of support in a sense, you know, in the, in the form of food and a delicious food at that. So I guess let's sort of dive into that side of things, like what really prompted you and pushed you to start that. Yeah, so it comes back to that synchronicity thing. So when I was in uh, Bali, I met a couple women here and there. And when I was kind of discovering all of this health stuff and the nutrition piece of it, um, a couple of them had recommended this school for nutrition, essentially, out of New York. And you could do it online. So people from all over the world were plugging into this. And so I felt like, you know, I've heard this nutrition school three separate times. Um, maybe this really is something that I should explore. So when I came back from that trip, um, I looked into that nutrition program. I ended up negotiating a part-time work schedule at my current job and went back to school for nutrition with the goal at that time of really just building up a, a health coaching practice. You know, I wanted to really share with more people that our bodies have this tremendous innate ability to heal themselves as long as we just adjust what we're giving it to work with, right? Like the foods, thoughts, environments, all of that. And so that was kind of the first step of this journey. I went through that year long program, learned a lot about myself and my own health journey and the tools I could use to help myself. And then I started coaching. I started with friends and then I slowly got to more and more clients. Um, And I even ended up moving back to Bali. So this whole middle piece before Sacred Serve was let me get this location independent job going like so that I could become a digital nomad and move back to Bali because I was so enamored with this huge wellness scene that was over there. You know, it's one of the yoga capitals of the world and just being in paradise. They have all of this fresh fruit, um, fresh food. So Yeah, I built up this health coaching practice, wound up quitting my job and then moved abroad to Bali where I continued to just coach people one-on-one from there. So working with clients here in the States um, while living there and continuing to kind of immerse myself in in everything that was being offered over there. Um, So I would say about a year and a half into that was when I started to get the feeling that, you know, this is such potent work and these clients are having tremendous results, but it's really one hour of my time has having a one hour impact, you know, and I felt like this is so powerful, this work and more people need to be exposed to this, that is there a way I could reach more people with this message around healing. And so kind of like we're talking about earlier, I really just decided why don't I target the root cause of this issue, you know, helping people one-on-one felt like more of just dealing with the symptoms, but to target the real root of the issue, which is just the food being offered to consumers, um, kind of gave me the idea to look at my own sensitivities, which were really dairy, 
And so to target the most dairy sugar laden category that there is, which is ice cream and really try and do it in a more healing versus harmful way, which just wasn't being done at the time. Oh, I love that. And I mean, going back real quick to the Bali part of it, because I, that's so neat that you went back there, you know, at a true place for you. Um, like what, I mean, I think we all sort of have this idea of Bali in our minds and we are most of us and we're like, oh, it's this like health wellness, like, you know, amazing place, whatever it is. But like, just to give a bit more insight, like, was it the lifestyle there? Was it the food or like a combination of it all that just made it so like welcoming and um, opportunistic for this wellness and health and healing scene? Yeah, absolutely. I would say first and foremost, just the culture there is so kind and welcoming. It, it truly, unlike anything I've experienced. And then, yeah, so at the time, I guess this would be about 10 years ago now at this point, um, but the cost of living was extremely low. And so with that, you were able to afford a lot of these health-focused luxuries, I would call them like massage and colonics and healthy food at restaurants every day. And so it was just this like mecca coupling of everything that mattered to me at the time at an, at an affordable price. So you're living in paradise. It's warm. It's tropical. You can be outside all the time. You're walking everywhere. Um, all of the restaurants, you know, at least a good chunk of them really had this raw vegan cuisine down. So they're all working with these fresh tropical ingredients. And again, it's for a price that's very affordable. So massages were like $5 for an hour long, you know, deep tissue massage. And then they have all the different kinds of healing. Um, and then all the yoga too. So yeah, it was, it was absolutely a time where I could really indulge in a lot of these different healing modalities, explore a lot of different things. And the fact that I was kind of working and making U.S. dollars and kind of leveraging that abroad um, was a really, really great position to be in for a while. I'm just laughing at the, what you said, $5 massage. Yeah. And yeah, it was probably like super quality, you know, and I'm like, the uh, biggest splurge of my freaking budget right now is simple acts of self-care, like a massage or like a hydrofacial something. Like it's not simple, but still it's like, yeah. holy hell, the prices nowadays. Yeah. And you know, that was, I guess now I'm, would call it addicted to reflexology. It's something that, you know, they have like the foot massage places here now in the States for like $30 for an hour. But when I was in Bali, that was my first exposure to reflexology. And I remember I had had an injury in my left shoulder from yoga and I was having, you know, my feet worked on. And this guy, he didn't even speak English, was you know, pressing really hard on my feet, but it felt great. And then at one point he got to this certain area and it was like excruciating pain. And I am such a, I love a deep tissue. I'll never speak up like the harder, the better. But this was like the first time in my life that I was like, um, you know what? I need you to do it a little bit softer, please. And he looked at me and smiled with like all of this wisdom. And he was just like, oh, yeah, okay, there must be something wrong with your left shoulder. And I was like, okay, you, we've never spoken. We don't speak the same language. There's absolutely no way on earth that you would ever know I had an injured shoulder. And so this tells me that this is like true medicine. This re there really is something going on here where if he knows a certain part of my foot that he's pressing is extra sensitive right now and it's somehow related to my left shoulder, then I'm listening. You know, like that was... 
another just powerful eye-opening experience of just the wisdom that exists and, and how everything works within the body and how much there is to explore. Uh, I would have... <laughs> I'd have been like, okay, <laughs> okay, keep going. Like, what else can you tell me? Wow, that's amazing. No, I mean, I've, yeah, I've had similar guests, you know, with whether it was Ayurveda, whatever it is, like certain practices where it's just crazy, like how they can detect different things in the body. And yeah, I need to get somebody on to talk about reflexology, but um, for another day. <laughs> so going back to Sacred Serve, um, you have this this passion, this drive, this motivation, you know, you know, like kind of how you want to impact, you know, what you want to do, like, where did it go from there? Did you like start out on your own? Did you start out with like some OG flavors? What happened there just to really get the ball rolling? Totally. So when I was in Bali is when I first discovered this ingredient, young coconut meat. And so this really wasn't something I was familiar with in the States. I think we had kind of like flaked coconut and, and things like that. Um, but this young coconut meat comes from the green coconuts that give you coconut water. And so if anyone's been to like Thailand or ever had one of those fresh green coconuts, you know that if you kind of scrape the inside of that green shell, you get this kind of, you know, little pulp type ingredient, I guess, um, that's just packed with all these vitamins and nutrients. And so in Bali, they were using this because they have so much of this raw vegan cuisine. Um, they were using it in everything, like smoothies, curries, all these different sauces. They were spiralizing it into noodles and it just, it was everywhere. And I was like, this is so crazy because what a brilliant you know, meat substitution, it really doesn't taste like anything. It picks up all the flavors. It's got this great texture. Why is no one doing anything with this back home, you know? And so um, at that time, one of my friends is a raw food chef who had also lived in Bali for quite some time. And we kind of got to talking about just, you know, what could we do with this ingredient? Is there a way to make this into an ice cream um, he had done some experimenting in the past when he was living in Bali as well and had kind of set the, set the scene for these recipes. So we got together and really just refined and refined and worked on those for about the first year um, to get it to a place where we were happy with. And then I kind of just ran it from there. Oh, I love that. And that, I mean, once more back to Bali, damn, <laughs> a huge part of your journey. Um, oh, that's just amazing. And so wait, so when did you guys, when was this all then? I guess I don't really even know how young or how old Sacred Serve is. I guess those early days of recipe testing probably would have been around 2015. So I spent a couple years, you know, we got those base recipes down and then, um, you know, I started with farmer's markets and really went the grassroots route. I think there's kind of a couple different ways people can start businesses, but while I did have a business background, I really had no experience in food. And this was kind of my first forelay into having a business that made a product. I think I'd always done service-based businesses and was an entrepreneur in that right. Uh, but really when you, you start to make a physical product, it just becomes this completely different thing that I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, but yeah, those early days of just farmer's markets and different little events was so exciting and it was so cool to, to see what people thought of the product and get the reactions and the first early sales it just yeah it was such a fun time what like i guess if, if someone's new to this which you know 
they're maybe wanting to try it out, whatever. Like, I guess, how would you describe sacred serve or like, what's your quote unquote elevator pitch? But, you know, like, I guess if someone's new to it or if they've just tried it, whatever it is, like, how would you describe really like depict what it is that sacred serve just overall is, you know, you made it with the young coconut meat, correct? Right. Yeah. And so that was just like texture, flavor, like just to paint a picture of it. Yeah. So I guess our biggest mission really is to bring function into this frozen indulgence category, really. And so what that means is we're creating these products where each one of our ingredients is chosen first and foremost for its health promoting properties. And then we really work out the flavors and textures and everything else second. So we really want to be delivering this kind of premium level indulgence, but also alongside really powerful plant-based nutrition. So the first thing we made was this gelato. And so it's all made with uh, a base of young coconut meat. And then we layer in different superfoods, adaptogenic herbs, and even medicinal mushrooms. And then all of our flavors are sweetened with just a little bit of coconut sugar, which is low glycemic, which makes it diabetic and paleo friendly. Um, So really just creating this product that is better on the nutritionals, but more importantly, just really strong, potent, nutrient-dense ingredients. I think, honestly, like, that's what I do love about, about Sacred Serve and about your, your branding and your missioning mission is that it's not, like, this isn't to be, like, a diet ice cream, right? Like, this isn't some, like, diet culture, like, ice cream is bad. It's, like, no, this is literally functional food, as you said, right? Like this is for the times when like you want like a whole food sweet and these are all whole foods. They're things we know, they're things we can understand and easily look up for ourselves and see what they are. And um, I think that's like the magic of it is that you, you took like these foods and these ingredients that people know and that are functional and can benefit us. And you created like the best dessert in my opinion, which is ice cream. We all know, like anyone who follows me knows that I am like the queen of vegan ice cream. And just that wherever I go, I track down the vegan ice cream and I give my ratings and my rankings for it. So it's like, people know my love for vegan ice cream. And that's just why, you know, and not just vegan ice cream. I just mean the fact that I do not fare well with dairy at all, you know, just similar to you. And so having the dairy free alternatives is so important And then having the fact that it's functional and freaking delicious is just like the cherry on top, you know, the metaphorical cherry on top. So I love that. And I guess just to give like an idea, you were mentioning like the adaptogens and the medicinal mushrooms, Um, like what are some of your flavors, things like that, or maybe like pick one flavor and walk us through like the functional side of it, if that works for you. Yeah, absolutely. So We've got this chocolate flavor that's called Chaga Chocolate. So this I, I have to, I have to interject and say it is my favorite. Like <laughs> it's so decadent. Like oh my gosh, I had it with cookies the other night, and Zayam. So keep going, <laughs> but everyone needs to know me chocolate ice cream. It's my favorite. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear it. Yeah, so we've got this chocolate. Um, the the key player really in this is the Chaga Mushroom, but I would say that we really we really paid attention to our sourcing on this. So the the raw cacao, for example, you know, that's coming from the Dominican. This is one of the best sources for this cacao and it's got that um, bliss molecule, they call it. And so it helps with the happy hormones. Um, And then it's a really great antioxidant. 
a lot of nutrients and minerals in there. And then we've got uh, maca root in there, which is a really great adaptogen, something that I've been working with myself for a really long time. Um, really good for balancing hormones. A lot of people don't understand adaptogens kind of help your body adjust and, and deal with stress. So when we're talking about hormones, it, the maca root is not putting in estrogen or testosterone or something like that. It's kind of helping your body recognize like I'm either high or low in something and stimulating it to bring itself back into this neutral position. So we've got the maca root in there, really great for some energy as well. And then this chaga mushroom, which um, is one of our favorite ingredients for sure. It's one of the most potent antioxidants in the world. Uh, it grows on birch trees in the Northern hemisphere. Um, and it's just been used for centuries in all of these different medicinal applications. And so I think it's so fascinating to study that and more importantly, study just the effects of how you feel when you're eating it yourself. Um, but a lot of people will make it into tea and different things. We are working with an extract to make sure that the potency is there. Um, but yeah, so, you know, layering those things on between the cacao, the maca and the chaga, you're really getting this potency there um, and the nutrient density along with that. Not to mention, I think sometimes if people haven't dabbled with adaptogens or, you know, the medicinal mushrooms or any of that, it's like, it's hard to describe them when it comes to flavor and taste, but like maca and chaga, like those go with chocolate so well. Like it's, it's not, it's just, it's hilarious. Like how well they go. It's like, they were meant to be, we were all meant to be eating maca and chocolate and chaga (laughs) together. Um, and so that's like the other side to it too, right? Like when we're describing this, like if people are imagining some like weird and funky taste, like at the restaurant I work at, we have a mushroom coffee and it has five adaptogens. Um, you know, there's chaga in there, there's reishi, ashwagandha, maybe two others. Maybe I'm mixing up the combination, whatever. The point is like people ask what it's like and they're expecting it to be real, like a legitimate mushroom. And it's, it's just not. And the same for like any adaptogens, like yes, they can have their potent flavors if you're straight up like spooning it, which no one should be doing. But like when you combine these like tasty concoctions such as your like gelato, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. They pair so well together. Yeah, I appreciate that. We really do from our end, pay attention to, you know, dosing and combinations, both from a flavor perspective, but again, from a health perspective of just, you know, what is one serving? How much is someone getting? And like this flavor, for example, the cacao aids in the absorption of the chaga. And so, you know, the things work together, right? I studied food combining and there's issues that come with that, but there's also some blessings that can come with that. So we really do try and give this holistic view of, of what we're creating and how it's going to be received in the body for sure. Yeah. I, that's another important thing too, is that, that dosage and you know what you're doing. Um, Oh, that's amazing. And I guess like overall with sacred serve, like, you know, is there anything else that people should know about it or where are you guys like found location wise, just so that if anyone is interested, because I know I have some hardcore dairy free ice cream lovers in this audience, in this community, um, where could they, you know, learn more about it, find it, get some for themselves. Yeah, so we do have nationwide shipping on our website, so anyone can go and order there. Maybe we give them a nice discount code from this, anyone listening here. Um, And then we're in the Midwest, all the Whole Foods locations here in the Midwest. It's kind of where we got started. And then we're super excited. We just launched in California into all the Erewhon stores. Um, So if anyone's out in L.A., 
we're out there now. So yeah, for 2021, we're really hoping to expand both the California region as well as Midwest and start to trickle over to the East Coast. But um, we've got a great store locator on our website. So I would say that's the best place to check. And then if we're not in the area, uh, we can absolutely ship there. Perfect. Yeah, I also like I just have to mention they are the like your branding and packaging is so cute. And you have like, it's just amazing. And I just let mine sit out for a couple minutes to soften. And then yeah, I mean, you eat it plain, you put it with cookies, you bake something else, you put peanut butter over it, like whatever you're doing. And you guys have I want to try. Um, it's the mint one, correct? I think you have the mint. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't tried that yet. And I'm thinking, you know, it's almost Christmas, I want to make like a a peppermint, like something to go with that. So yeah, there's just lots of the flavors, packaging, everything is spot on. Um, and yeah, it's been neat. I've been seeing my LA friends start to get it and it's just neat to, yeah, to see sacred serve popping up. So that's amazing. Um, and also you guys are on Instagram as well, correct? We are at sacred serve. Perfect. 